Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Decoding the Unknown. As always, hello there. I'm your host, Simon Wamsey, on this channel. One of my writers, in this case, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Writes me a script. I've never read it before. The origins of Jeff the Killer. I'm vaguely familiar with this. Isn't this one of those, like, Reddit memes? I feel like as soon as I read this, I'm going to be immediately familiar with it. But it's not exactly coming into my mind right now. I've never read it before. We're going to explore it together if you're new to the show. That's how things work here. Welcome. Let's jump in. The internet has always been full of disturbing or unsettling images and videos, though what qualifies as truly disturbing has certainly changed over time. There was a time when Tara the android singing I Feel Fantastic was considered to be the height of internet terror. I've no knowledge of this. I feel like, and also I was raised on the internet. You know, people might be like, Simon, you don't have a good knowledge of movies or TV or popular culture or anything like that. But I feel like my internet knowledge, just because I've been using the internet heavily, my entire life pretty much i feel like it's normally pretty good i mean nowadays it's like there's a tick with a talk now but i mean that's because there's so much stuff but like early internet stuff the internet wasn't that big i mean it was still big but it wasn't like big like it is today early on though now it's just an innocuous art project that wouldn't warrant a second look our threshold for horror has increased and the internet has responded in kind by ramping up the brutal nature of content yeah holy shit there's some crazy we've talked about it before mentioned it on this podcast there's some crazy shit on the internet that you just don't want to see the stuff i've seen on the internet and you're like oh why did i see this why various topics on this channel have led me to the dark web and it is there that i saw the single most horrific thing i've ever seen don't worry simon i'm not going to describe it all i say is i described it to someone who is absolutely obsessed with horror the macabre and intense score after explaining what i had seen she calmly replied yes that's the worst thing i've ever heard however it was her next statement that i wasn't really expecting she said she found it fascinating and wondered who these people were and what their lives were like that led them to this point i don't even i can't imagine like i've not seen anything disturbing on the dark web i went to the dark web once this was like back in the day when the dark web was like the first and don't worry i did, i just went on there out of curiosity i didn't go on there to buy like black tar heroin or something but this was like back in the day when the silk road was a thing i was still at university and i went onto the silk road i was like holy shit this is crazy you could buy things in this thing called bitcoin and it's drugs and i remember being like one of the things i was most surprised is like why are people selling cigarettes on the silk road and then i realized because duty on cigarettes is huge in the uk so people were essentially like buying cigarettes in like some other country and then just posting them in because they just go through customs because you mark it as like gift or whatever <laughs> Customs in the UK is, I, I don't know, I, he I hear it's got better now that there's more like checking of parcels and stuff. But when I was younger, it'd be like, yeah, no, what is that? Oh, it's a thousand pound camera that someone bought from like, I don't know, Hong Kong or whatever. And it's just like, it arrives and the seller's like, yeah, 18 pounds gift. And it just sails straight through. So people were like selling cigarettes on the black, uh, on the, uh, the Silk Road because they were cheaper abroad or whatever. And uh, yeah, the other thing that I found surprising was that like, people were just selling like fake IDs and identity 
bodies and stuff. And I'm like, that's pretty intense. I'm glad I didn't go further because I don't want to see something disturbing. I'm just more interested in like, I don't know, the commerce side of things. <laughs> the, that, that, that was more interesting to me than... Because once I stumbled across like... It was on Google Image Search. It was like, why am I looking... How do, I can't remember how I searched it because I didn't look for this. I just stumbled across it. But like images of uh, post-plane crash with the bodies and stuff. And that is one of the most disturbing things that I've ever seen. And it stays with me. And I just saw that on Google Image Searches. So I can't imagine what the fuck Kevin saw on the dark web. Because I am still scarred after seeing that image. I'm like on a plane and I'm like, oh my lord. <laughs> I know what it looks like after the crash, and it ain't pretty. It was something I obviously hadn't considered, but a desire to uncover the origins of frightening materials is a pretty common reaction across the internet. The original DVD with I Feel Fantastic was found and posted online many years after the creepy video went viral. Internet sleuths have tracked down the artist who created Momo, the original photo of the doll behind the Make Me Cute meme, and even the man who posed for Goatsy, though you don't want to know how they confirmed his identity. Oh, God. Maybe uncovering the origin of these seemingly disturbing images takes away some of the magic they have, like Scooby and the gang pulling the mask off a ghost pirate. Despite all their many successes, there is one image the internet detectives have been trying to track down for over 14 years. Is there this point? What was the last one? And I regret making this video because people sent me messages that we made a video about who is Celebrity 6 and it was uh, about a shower curtain and it had pictures of like pop art, like Andy Warhol style of all of these uh, celebrities. And there was the sixth celebrity which nobody could identify. And to this day, people message me being like, I found it, I know who it is. And I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? Looks nothing like it. Like every single one I've been like, no. No, no. Brad Pitt still somehow is closer than this. Just no. Stop emailing me about this. I'm not emailing me like Twitter DMs. I turned on my Twitter DMs just out of curiosity. I'm gonna turn that shit back off because it's just pe it's just messages from people who think they found Celebrity Zix. Stop it. I'm turning my DMs off. Who is Jeff the Killer? Jeff seemed like an ordinary kid, but deep inside he was nothing but hatred and rage. Raid. Shadow Legends? Rage. A protagonist we can all relate to. After moving to an affluent new town, he and his brother were the target of severe bullying. In one such instance, one of the bullies pulled a knife, but Jeff was able to disarm him and turn the knife back on his attacker. Unbeknownst to Jeff, his brother kept the knife and brought it home with him. When police came to question the boys about what had happened, Jeff tried to confess to save his brother from any trouble, but his brother produced the knife and took all the blame for himself. This left Jeff extremely depressed, and he sulked in his room for days until his mother came in one morning to remind him about a birthday party that he'd been invited to. Wait, when he says, when Kevin says, and turn the knife back on his attacker, does that mean that he stabbed him, or just he was like, you know, like to turn a gun on someone doesn't mean you then use the gun on them? I'm going to assume he didn't stab anybody. Jeff had wanted to go to the party in the first place, but upon being forced to go by his mother, he once again encountered three bullies that had previously attacked him. How all three of them were in attendance and doing fine despite them having been brutally stabbed only a few days earlier is very important. Oh, okay, so they were stabbed brutally. That's fairly intense. This definitely feels like uh, a creepypasta rather than an actual story. <laughs> But there are people who message me being like, like Simon Decoded the Unknown <laughs> when are you going to give up on reality and just do creepy bastards with Kevin and I'm like no they're not real as entertaining as they sometimes are what was important were the events that took place that day while the parents were all busy socialising with one another Jeff and his three bullies once again got into a fight this time he beat one of them to death before his face was covered in bleach and vodka and set on fire <laughs> This out. It's just like one of those things. It's like, this is what a teenager writes. It's like, what, what happened to his face? It was covered in bleach and vodka and then set on fire. And it's like, that shit ain't gonna light. Like, you're covering bleach and vodka and then said it. It's no, no, that's not a good enough accelerant. To burn someone's face off, you need something much more flammable. I would know. I've burned loads of faces off. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ, Simon. <laughs> After a long recovery in hospital, the bandages were finally ready to come off Jeff's face. When the bandages were removed, his parents were horrified by what they saw. Jeff was given a mirror and examined his face. It was a ghostly white. His eyelids were almost completely burned off. He laughed and said he loved his new face. The doctors thought his behavior was just because of pain medication, so Jeff was allowed to go home with his family. Why he wasn't held in custody for murder isn't important, nor is why his brother had been released. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> you know why all these things don't make sense? Because it was written by a teenager, an edgelord. All right, let me interrupt this episode of the podcast to tell you about our fantastic sponsor, Bombas. Look, gifting is hard, but Bombas make it easy with socks, underwear, t-shirts that feel good and do good like they feel good because they're thoughtfully designed with the softest of materials and they do good because well they make you feel comfortable no it's not just that for every item you purchase bombast donates another to someone in need which is brilliant so you can like feel good on your little feet like oh so soft so comfortable and you can feel good in your soul because bombast make that possible even if this holiday season you got someone picky on that gift list, you're like, oh god, what do I get this person? I don't know. Look, just go over to Bombas and uh, gift solved. You don't have to think about it anymore. Look, I've just made things much easier for you. Look, Bombas socks, underwear, t-shirts and slippers, they're cozy upgrades to everyday basics. The perfect gift for everyone. And look, it's not just the perfect gift for everyone else, is it? Why not gift it to yourself? Why not be like, I deserve that. I've been good this year. I'm going to get myself some Bombas. Also, with family sets, you can match your family and friends in exceptional comfort and style. Hello, frameable holiday group photo. I say that, it's in the copy. And I'm kind of thinking, oh, that's a bit cliche. <laughs> and then I also realize that I do this every year with my family. Like, my wife buys us matching Christmas pajamas and we have a family photo. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, do that, but do it with Bombas. Why not? So far, they've donated over 75 million items of clothing. That's a whole lot of comfort. And a whole lot of good. Give the good this holiday season with Bombas. Go to bombas.com slash decoding and use the code decoding for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash decoding, code decoding for 20% off. Bombas.com slash decoding, code decoding. And thank you to Bombas for sponsoring. And now back to today's episode. That night, Jeff's mother walked in to find Jeff carving his mouth into a permanent smile, burning off what remained of his eyelids. Then he killed his parents and his brother and disappeared into the night to continue his killing spree, preying every night on children that refused to go to bed or something to that effect. He also had superhuman strength or something. I mean, who knows? This is the general gist of the god-awful creepypasta that is Jeff the Killer. It's a poorly written piece of fiction with no real logical consistency, and to be fair, most creepypasta is pretty bad, so that's not a particularly egregious example. The story dates back to at least 2008, which was a time when creepypasta was popular not only in the corners of Reddit, but also on YouTube as well. Yeah, another thing about creepypastas on YouTube is you're about 14 years too late. However, this story that was otherwise an ordinary example of the genre had one thing that separated it from the rest which would endure its longevity. It was one of the very few creepypastas that was accompanied by an image and we're showing it on the screen now and I'm seeing it in my script and it is creepy but there's no way that that is a real kid who has his eyelids burned off. I mean, one to his eyes. They're white with a black dot in the middle and then they, it looks like some sort of weird demented panda. Early authorship claims. You've probably seen this image 
online at some point even if you were unfamiliar with the jeff the killer story or name it didn't take long for someone to claim ownership of the photo a user posted to 4chan and shared a picture of her sister katie robinson the user explained that she walked in on her sister crying and when she asked what was wrong katie told her that she had uploaded a photo to 4chan and everyone made fun of her for being overweight then beginning a photoshop battle where they altered her face until it eventually became the image we know as jeff <laughs> oh god it's just people online being mean to a kid or however old she is <laughs> that was a real person once that's fucked up oh 4chan what are you up to the user went on to explain that later that night katie killed herself because of the torment she received this became the accepted origin of the jeff the killer image largely going unchallenged for about seven years it was also totally complete bullshit oh what a surprise i mean this is clearly a photoshopped image though i mean throw it back up on the screen you see around the mouth where the uh the smile is made it's clearly just someone using that smudge tool to bring up the edges of the mouth and not even doing a particularly good job about it and then the face is like all smudged out as well so and you can see down at the bottom and around the the lower lip where there's some sort of graininess pixelation that you don't see on the rest of the image so obviously it's manipulated in photoshop no one's surprised about this but well i wasn't really being passed up as real even the fake origin story says it was photoshop it was a believable enough story at first the types of photoshop battles described were absolutely a thing that happened and sadly katie wouldn't have been the first or last person to be on the internet to be bullied into suicide despite it being a plausible story the cracks should have been apparent immediately rather than years after this story became canon to start no one ever found the actual photoshop battle with the original photo of katie sure 4chan may be a big place with lots of posts but if someone really wanted to find it they absolutely would have second with the image of jeff the killer already having risen to prominence thanks to the creepypasta surely whoever created the photoshop would have taken credit for the image and its level of fame right maybe well maybe not cyberbullying laws didn't really exist yet but the first court in which people were tried for bullying a girl to suicide began in 2007 they were eventually acquitted but it still may have been a larger risk than the creator wanted to take if katie's story was true still with everything having been so recent at the time that her story came out the original thread almost certainly would have been found when someone is cyberbullying someone online and they kill themselves now i'm not saying that is not a horrific thing and bullying uh, especially like to that degree i mean bullying is bad but bullying someone to the extent that they kill themselves is shocking but what is the crime there i mean yeah okay so assault maybe i'm not really sure and the fact that someone killed themselves because they were being bullied that's a tricky one that's a tricky one i'm not sure i, d I don't know what the laws are i haven't really i'm not really familiar with it even without any proof of the original bullying it wasn't until years later when the image katie's sister posted online was found that the story would finally be debunked oh i guess i'm thinking now like i guess my mind just doesn't go to the darkest side of bullying where people could be like saying kill yourself kill yourself which is like holy shit i didn't even think of that and that feels like a crime doesn't it i just kind of imagined like but you know my every kid at some point has experienced some form of bullying and i guess for me it was always like very mild <laughs> you know you know no one was ever like kill yourself whistler it was always just like normal hazy bullshit rather than anything that i feel particularly affected by and i guess i just never realized it does get way way more intense than that which is 
heavy. Katie's name was never actually Katie, it was Heather. Her image had been stolen from the website TrueChristian.com, which in turn had stolen pictures of her off MySpace. True Christian is widely believed to be a parody Christian website, and considering the contents they posted, I really hope it was parody. The site is now gone, but it can be found on the Wayback Machine. A lot of the insane rhetoric is good for a laugh if you feel like it, especially the kids section featuring helpful life advice for young women such as, you see girl, God loves you, and wants to do whatever he can to be your master, but you need to submit to him, and men, you are nothing. Yay. I mean, this is yay. It feels like that was written by this this episode feels like this there's a lot of edgy teenagers involved here and that definitely feels like an edgy teenager wrote that i mean i know religion's crazy but that yay thrown on there at the end is like that makes it you know not gilead but edgy teenager unfortunately after these comments surfaced god was banned from facebook instagram twitter and tiktok anyway heather did a short interview on the topic in 2019 she is very much alive the image of jeff is not based on her and she would like all of this including her old myspace photos to go away well then don't give interviews about it your streisanding effect that i've never heard of you i never knew that was your image it looks like something like someone photoshopped the doll from the saw movie i'd never even heard of this i'd never be making this video come on Sadly, word hasn't traveled far enough, as there are many who still report this as the origin of Jeff, but we'll have to keep looking. The original creepypasta was posted to Newgrounds by a user named Sussur. Wasn't Newgrounds a gaming website? Creepypasta was posted to Newgrounds. I swear, like, this, and this was me as an actual teenager at school. We'd play games on, I swear it was Newgrounds.com. And they'd have like online games like Bomberman or whatever. In a 2015 interview, he claimed to have taken the photo himself. He said it was done by wearing a white latex mask and placing plastic eyes on top of it. Allegedly, he'd taken two or three photos, but this was the only one that was ever uploaded. By this point, it also moved, so he couldn't take a new photo in the same location. The mask was gone, and he didn't own any of the same clothes that appeared in the closet in the picture. That's all a bit convenient for my liking, though it was seven years later, so it's also totally possible. In the interview, Sussur does allude to the belief that the original latex marks would be worth a lot of money if he still had it so perhaps he was trying to play the long game and miraculously deliver the mask later i find it highly doubtful that it would have been worth much of anything but even if this was Sir's plan he was never going to get the chance yeah this stuff is surprisingly cheap like that's it's just not worth that much and especially something like this from some like uh, not obscure but like an internet meme like a few years ago i can't remember i was just like looking up you know in a procrastination session there's a website that sells props from movies and i'm a big nicholas cage fan and they had the guns the like gold or brass the uh the the fancy guns from the movie face off that he uses in the movie screen used like the hero pair and i mean they were expensive but i don't want to say only but they were only eight thousand dollars and i regret not buying those because that is fucking cool <laughs> like you could buy art for eight thousand dollars and stuff and it's i don't know much about art but i know about nicholas cage movies and i know it would be cool to own the guns from face off like the main ones like they're made out of resin or whatever they're not real but and they're, they're just like in a loose side case but i'm like that would be legit and i'm sure they, they they were sold and i'm sure they're a lot more expensive now because i think people got more into props in the last few years but look if, if nicholas cage's guns from face off are gonna sell for eight grand this mask is not gonna be worth much money maybe a few hundred dollars nnn special broadcast is an old urban legend from japan that became a popular creepypasta on 2chan the original japanese image board that 4chan was modeled after we had similar stories in america and i'm guessing the uk has some 
as well. The story originated in the olden days when television stations would go offline for the night. In the story, a child had their TV on late at night after the broadcast day had already ended. Suddenly, a message labeled NNN Special Broadcast started playing. The type of broadcast was similar to the emergency broadcast system in America. By the way, and absolutely don't play this, dear video editor, in the clip, but using that um, that tone from the emergency broadcast system, I mean, it's probably fine on YouTube because who gives a shit and it's not like live TV, but let's play it safe. But you know that tone where it's like, this is an emergency broadcast. Again, don't play it, but that gets people fined. I think the Jimmy Kimmel show got like a 20 something thousand dollar fine because they played it in an episode and the government were like yo it's a you can't do that that's an offense because that tone or whatever has to be reserved for actual emergency broadcasts otherwise people are gonna get like they're gonna start ignoring it when they hear it if everyone starts using it in like tv and movies and shit and i'm like that's crazy but uh fascinating and maybe it wasn't jimmy kimmo it was one of these late night shows okay here's the situation our daughter mia is leaving for her first sleepover we have friends coming to stay and we just got a puppy so I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. It was about five minutes long and it had all the usual creepy stuff you would expect. Images of a junkyard, empty shots from inside a school, something that looked like a dehydrated human body, and a list of names of tomorrow's victims. However, at four minutes and eleven seconds into the video, the image of Jeff the Killer flashed onto the screen. This video was from 2007, meaning that not only were the earlier claims both lies, but the image may have been popular on Japanese parts of the internet long before anyone in America saw it. This was a huge new lead, as it led investigators to start searching corners of the internet that they'd previously not searched before. In 2018, someone from 4chan found the image on a website called pya.cc. It had been posted there in late 2005. By searching through the website, they found another image that had been posted only a couple of months earlier by a user named Mr. Mulholland. My, I find this, you know, when you're on like a web forum, like, I don't know, I'll often be searching like, uh, my camera is throwing up this error code or like my computer's got this problem. And you'll Google search and you'll be like, oh, look, this guy's the same problem. Oh no, it was from 2003. <laughs> There's no chance this is going to be what's wrong with me or what's wrong with my computer. And then you're like reading some shit and people are like, I'm trying to sort out my Windows, Windows ME installation. You're like, oh God. <laughs> it's so, it's like a little, little glance into like, ancient internet history. This is the only other version of the Jeff the Killer image known to exist. There are rumors of a third version, but nothing has ever been substantiated. Obviously, there's also the original image somewhere, but that's what we're trying to find. The key here, there are a couple of key things about this image. So, uh, it's on the screen right now. Obviously, the eyes are different. The mouth isn't so strangely photoshopped. Do you want to put them side by side? Oh, and there are the clothes in the background as well. So the new one is is more creepy, but it's also more obviously photoshopped. It's also unquestionably the same image with the clothes in the background and the hair placements. First, this is obviously less edited than the image people are more familiar with. The mouth hasn't been distorted and stretched out like Heath Ledger's Joker and the eyes are completely different. There are many low iterations to the source material, so I was unable to find the version that fits this image exactly, but it is widely accepted that the eyes used in the the original edit came from this little guy, Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, maybe, but also it's widely accepted, but 
they're just these typical kind of cartoon style eyes. Oh, I see. They've also got the, the um, is there, I don't know why it's so widely accepted. I guess because they can easily be popped off. Okay, sure. Sure, I'll, I'll widely accept that. <laughs> the internet sure is a weird place. Continued searching on sites like 2chan, 5chan, and other Japanese websites revealed that the image was used very frequently in 2005. It seems that Jeff may have been Japan's version of Tub Girl, a jump scare image that unsuspecting users were directed to as a joke. However, all of the places that the image appears, none were more interesting than pya.cc for one simple reason. PYA left the image's original metadata intact digital forensics. The first thing that was learned when the image was found on PYA was the title of the image. The more famous Jeff image was originally known as Pretty Face, and the earlier edit was known as White Powder Part 2. This image this implies the existence of a White Powder Part 1, but such a thing has never been found. We also know that the images were edited in Photoshop 6. Oh my god, back in the day. I don't think I even... I think the first Photoshop I ever used was Photoshop CS. And then there was CS2, CS3, and then eventually they were like, you guys are going to have to pay for this shit every month now. And it was only good. <laughs> Thanks, Adobe. This was released in 2000, and Photoshop 7 was released in 2002. So some people like to use this to date the image as being even older than has been found. However, Photoshop was a roughly $700 piece of software back then, so the much more likely answer is that in 2005, when the image was created, Photoshop 6 was the version that crashed copies were readily available for pirating. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> A much more interesting piece of evidence comes from the fact that the image is a JPEG file. The way JPEG encoding works, images are divided into non-overlapping blocks of 8x8 pixels each. Each time the image is encoded, which means after each time it's edited and saved, it will be divided into a group of blocks like this, even if such a grid of blocks already exists. The image of Jeff is fairly low quality, so it is no surprise that there are three sets of blocks visible. First is a set of 8x8 blocks. This is expected, since that's how JPEGs are encoded. Next is a set of 21x21 blocks. Though the, through the power of long division, that means the image was scaled up 2.625 times its original size, which is a weirdly specific number, but a very important one that we'll get to in a moment. The other set of blocks is 40 by 40 pixels each, meaning that the final image is five times the size of the original. I'm so lost, Kevin. Please explain this. <laughs> like, why is this relevant? So what does all this mean? Oh, thank you. <laughs> so the original image was tiny at 130 by 111 pixels. Really? Is that that's barely even anything it was then resized by a very specific amount to so 244 by 209 pixels and finally resized a second time to the final 640 by 548 image that we see today this big uh, so i'm wondering like what where on the internet what place required 244 by 209 because some places require images of a specific size like i think of youtube banners like when you start a new channel youtube will ask you for a youtube banner and it's like it has to be this exact size and meet all of these requirements like youtube thumbnails also and like so where on the internet needed that this begs the very obvious question of why was it resized twice if it started as a very tiny image and the goal was just to make it larger what purpose would saving a smaller intermediate serve step serve well to me it's like it's done by two different people so someone got it they were like that's cool they blow it up a little bit to post it on a website and then someone's like oh that's cool a few years later and blows it up again no well it's thumbnails the maximum width of a thumbnail image on 2chan and 4chan is 250 pixels okay so there we go that's why it was resized the first time meaning that the image found on pyi likely originated on one of those image boards the metadata also reveals that the image was created by gdjpeg v1.0 using ijg jpeg v62 
great that's so helpful <laughs> this is a form of imagery processing utilized by php and shows up in all thumbnails on these sites providing further evidence that one of these image boards could be where jeff was born they weren't the only websites that would result in that specific created byline but it's another indication that it could be the case analyzing the more edited version you can see brush strokes in the image this means that unlike the original edit that potentially used mr potato head the eyes for this image were drawn on by hand this isn't necessarily a lead that points in any specific direction but it could still be useful to know yeah agreed like that was the original one we were looking at and you could see that it was clearly changed a lot in photoshop finally there's the line on the bottom of the image thanks to multiple edits it's not entirely clear across the entire length of the image but it is still clearly visible oh yeah there's like a weird distorted line across the bottom that looks like artifacting or something an identical line can be seen on images on image captures of stickam videos for those of you too young to remember what stickam was indeed or just not aware of it it was a free webcam streaming site as best i can remember it's a lot like old aol chat rooms except people could stream themselves instead of just typing wait how do i not know this i was definitely around for like when streaming video was first becoming a thing maybe this was just not as popular in the uk that's often the other explanation although we did have aol my aol would still send out all of those cds which is super strange because it stands for america online and they were like we need to expand internationally but we're called america online and they were like well you call just doesn't have the same ring to it like uk online hilarious joke simon well done maybe aol isn't the best analogy if i'm trying to explain this to young people let's say it was like discord but you could only find people through public servers and everyone's camera was total shit more importantly the low camera quality and internet speeds available at the time meant that the resolution of streaming websites back then was tiny probably around 130 by 111 pixels the theories who where why there are a lot of theories about the origins of jeff the killer not just where the unedited image came from but why it was edited the way it was also there's the matter of where it was first posted based on the evidence it's almost certainly from an image board most likely 2chan some people want to push for it originating on 4chan because america but it's almost certainly from japan based on why it was made and to that end why was it made there's a lot of speculation but the two versions of the image were most likely made for completely different reasons both pointing towards japanese origins the final jeff the killer is believed to have been made by the user that posted it to pya no copy of the image has been found that predates that posting so it is believed that the user created it posted it to pya and then others began using it elsewhere they may have also posted it elsewhere before putting it on pya and we just haven't found it yet the file name pretty face leads people to believe that it may have been the inspiration for the japanese urban legend kuchisake Ona, or slip mouthed woman the legend is about a masked woman who asks people if she's pretty if they answer no she kills them with her medical scissors if they say yes she removes her mask to reveal the corners of her mouths have been slipped from ear to ear the women are once again asked if she's pretty and they say no and again she kills them if they still say yes she uses her scissors to cut their mouths to match her own it seems like a lose-lose situation but apparently you can avoid the blades of her scissors either by saying she looks average or by distracting her with candy <laughs> it does sound like a lose-lose situation but if someone's like do you want to be murdered or have your mouth cut open i'll be like yeah having my mouth cut open sucks but it's better than being murdered isn't it this urban legend not only matches the pretty face name but also the way the mouth in the second edit of the image is manipulated to extend the corners of the mouth far up the cheeks the strange eyes that were drawn on also match the unrelated cv worker moto meme that was popular on 2chan at the time it's a very strong case for the location 
of the origin. As for the original edit, White Powder 2, it is speculated that it was part of the Abake no Kutaro trend that was going on at the time, referring to a Japanese cartoon character. At least one instance where the image was posted referred to it as a live-action Abake no Q. If all of that is to be believed, it just leads the question of where the original image came from. There are a lot of different answers to this. One comes from Mr. Mulholland's messages on Twitter. He claims that the image he edited came from a video of a middle-aged Japanese woman he saw. But it was just a screenshot from the video. He did not have the original image, and the video allegedly is no longer online anywhere. He also claimed the person in the video was already edited, so... It was not the original. This would not be the first false report from the creator of an image, and we can't be sure that he really is the creator. There are instances of the image being found that predate his posting on PYA, so it's hard to be sure. There do seem to be posts from 2005 that lend some credibility to this, stating that the original image was of a middle-aged woman, uh, Asian woman, but that this is not the only current theory. Another theory is that the original image was a screen capture either from Stickam or another streaming website based in Japan. Allegedly, the girl streaming was labeled as being ugly as sin, mentally impaired, or both. The screen capture was then posted to an image board where members had a Photoshop battle, with a few members deciding to edit the image to make it as terrifying as possible. In this theory, the basis for making the face completely white was that either the camera had a flash that was stuck on, or there was a light directly on the girl's face, resulting in it being brighter than normal. There are some more outlandish theories out there, such as this being from a dressing on a Japanese variety show, but nothing that has any evidence. I don't know, I still believe it was the kid who had his face and eyelids burned off and then became a serial killer. <laughs> it's amazing to me. Like, there's so much research and history and lore that just is around a creepy internet image. Just around, like, a creepypasta or a meme. It's kind of wild. Wrap up. Based on all the evidence that exists thus far, it seems clear that the original Jeff the Killer image has to come from Japan. There are people who are actively working on Reddit and Discord to track it down, and if it came from 2chan or one of the other boards that they are searching, the original image will almost certainly be found. It just may take a while. The good news is that the Japanese boards tend to be extremely well archived, so nothing should be lost. The bad news is that it means there's an absolute fuckton of stuff to search through to try and find some random thread that probably wasn't even that popular in the first place. According to some reports, the thread that spawns these edits was pretty boring and generic as photoshop battles were common allegedly a lot of internet users in japan don't even remember that the image was passed around as a jump scare on their forums only remembering it as the western horror story jeff the killer it will be interesting to find the original picture if only to see the true nature of it there are a lot of people who claim to have seen the original and edited image and their reports vary wildly because they haven't seen it some say the mouth on white powder 2 isn't edited at all even going so far as to say that the original image is far more terrifying than either of the edited videos uh versions please <laughs> these people are just making shit up for internet points others say that the woman in the original picture isn't even smiling and the mouth was just added onto the image similar to the way the eyes were. Until the original can be found, we won't know for sure. I'm certain the true origin of Jeff the Killer will eventually be found. It's just a matter of time. And for as much as we think we currently know, this mystery has already been solved, then debunked twice, so without the unedited photo, nothing can really be known for sure. Kevin, am I just opening myself up to people emailing me about this, saying that they've seen the original image all the time? I'll send me Twitter DMs, more likely, which I will close. <laughs> In many instances, like the Voynich Manuscript, I root for the mystery to remain unsolved because the truth is almost always far more boring than the search 
and speculation. However, in this case, I think it's probably for the best. It remains unsolved for a different reason entirely. When the original picture for the Make Me Cute meme was finally identified, it was just a doll. However, the original Jeff the Killer picture was a real person, a genuinely misanthropic and revel in other people's misery, but normally, geez, <laughs> normally it's because they somehow deserve it. Despite the Katie suicide story having long since been debunked, the use of Heather's image both in this story and on True Christian caused her nothing but torment through no fault of her own. With countless people searching through old image board archives, I have no doubt that the truth of the original image will be found eventually. I just don't see any good coming of it. Yeah, agreed. Like I say, big story for a weird internet photo, isn't it? It is creepy, though. I can see why people are taken in by its creepiness. Anyway, this has been an episode of Decoding Unknown. Thank you, Kevin, for writing it. Thank you for watching. If you enjoy this show, please do leave it a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your shows. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, I mean, obviously, there's images today that I described, but this show does also go out in the video form. That's why you know, we, no, it's only to explain. It's also on YouTube. If you want to watch it there and you are watching it there, like, subscribe, and thank you. See you next time. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.